Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Brandon. And we are here hanging out at Pops, talking about the brand new one-shot, Chilling Adventures Presents, The Cult of That Wilkin Boy, number one. And this issue is bringing back the entire creative team from Chilling Adventures of Salem. They're back. They're back. They did Chilling Adventures of Salem last year. We talked about it uh, on the podcast. Uh, It came out in mid-October, I think. Uh, So you can definitely go back and check out that. But that entire creative team of Cullen Bunn, Dan Schoening, Ben Galvin, Matt Herms, and Jack Morelli are back for this issue, which is all about Bingo Wilkins. Brandon, did you ever see that animated movie? I don't think it was Disney. I think it was one of those, like, you know, trying to be a Disney mm-hmm. <laughs> um, movie. It's called We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. So that's basically just like that, a sequel to that, because they're back. They're back. They're back. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I ever actually saw that movie, but I have like the VHS cover of We're Back imprinted in my brain for some reason. It's like the dinosaurs in the city. Yeah. <laughs> right. What are we going to do with these crazy dinosaurs in a city? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about non-Disney dinosaur movies that are animated, remember that, uh, what was it just, it was just called Dinosaurs, right? The TV show? No, uh, the, um, <laughs> was it like, was it? <laughs> did it combine well what am i thinking of i'm thinking of um i love trying to figure this out hold on <laughs> we're gonna get it's very important that we solve this right now sure, yeah. live while recording it's totally on topic so okay it was called dinosaur okay you don't remember this movie no i don't <laughs> you know tell, me this movie? tell me about it uh, i think it uh it was uh who did it it was um oh okay well i'm totally wrong it was disney <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it was good. It was sad. I think. I think it was. It yes. Was a, okay. I'm looking at this picture now. Yeah. It was a big deal at the time because it combined animation with like uh, live action photography. They got real dinosaurs on there. They got real dinosaurs on. So it was like animating the dinosaurs in a environment that was filmed. Oh, okay. Uh, which is weird, but um, I don't yeah. know why. What What are we talking about? <laughs> They're what, back. What is the this team, episode about? The team about? is. The team is back. <laughs> So before we jump into the story, there will be some spoilers, so you should go out and pick this up. I love both covers, but I really do like that Robert Hack variant cover. It's beautiful. It's so cool. He knows what he's doing out there, you know? And uh, he's got a good flair for, for the for the horror, for the terror, and the, the great skull. Vinyl skull. Looks very creepy. It's cre- yeah, and that's what you want from the story, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, his, his Sabrina art is incredible, and he does some great covers for that, too. So he, he, uh, he knows his wheelhouse. So I just kind of wanted to, so we could just jump in and talk about things that we like and the things about this issue. I just want to get away with the basic synopsis, really, which actually I'm a big fan of how Colin Bunn took a traditional, you know, deal with the devil story Mm -hmm. and put a little twist on it. But basically, you know, Bingo is a, wherever we meet him in the story, he's like a big celebrity and his deal with this devil is like about to finish. And he's got to do something about it. Yeah. And that's kind of, really, that's kind of the synopsis of the story, would you, you know, before without too many spoilers, what do you think? Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we are on the seventh year of his mega success as a musician. So he's won lots of awards, and I think he's got a residency in Vegas. And, you know, he's had seven years from his first single of just incredible 
uh, unparalleled success. And like you just said, we kind of find out why, and it was a deal that he made. Is seven years a typical deal? I thought it was be six. You know, I thought seven was like an angel number or something. No. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm less familiar with the with the with the selling soul to the devil trope, but I just assumed it was like, you know, ma- uh, make me incredibly talented, and, and my soul is yours. Yeah, you know, like I never heard of the time constraints. Like seven, seven, seven. Like seventh heaven. Six, six, six. Six is sinister. Yeah, so anyway, so that's why I was wondering if seven was an average, you know, mm. deal with the devil. But as, you know, Bingo is, is he enjoying his fame, really, do you think? Because we kind of meet him, and he's worried about the end, but it doesn't even necessarily seem like he is 100% enjoying his fame. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's routine by now, right? Mm-hmm. Even though seven years is not a huge amount of time, it, he's definitely maybe taking it for granted already. And at the beginning of the story, he doesn't even realize that it's about to expire because I think he's, he's doing it. The issue opens with him doing an interview and it's mentioned to him that it's nearly seven years since his first signal. And that's that immediately gives him the realization of, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man, I got that deal I made. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's a great Dan um, Shoning panel where right before we find out bingo, like and this is good. This is a, a testament to Colin Bunn's writing and their um, work as a team. We just see he doesn't say like I'm going to make a deal with the devil. It's not said that explicitly. We just see this like shadowed figure mm-hmm. on a path with music coming from him and a tree. And because you know, as a um, culture, we know this you know deal with the devil music archetype, yes, sort of thing. Uh, you're able to just glean that from the visuals. And I love it. Like, it's just even down the little details where you see him sitting out the, um, the you know, demonic creature sitting outside a tree with no leaves, you know? Yeah. No just those little details that make it even a little creepier. Yeah, I mean, Shonin's pencils throughout are really cool. Another detail I loved is is there's a panel that shows the devil... You know, and of course, like you said, it's just it's just his outline. It's it's he's just a black outline in the in the panel. But you see like these colorful wisps coming almost like um, almost like wind or something coming off of him. Mm. Uh, but it's just it. every time he shows up in this comic, it just looks really cool. hundred percent. I do have to mention the music notes, you know, that's a big sticker mm-hmm. for me. Some of these music notes are not drawn the way you would. <laughs> draw them but that's okay it's part of the style right but some of the stems are just facing they're on the wrong side it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's artistic choice oh but yeah no well i i, I appreciate that uh, that we on archie and me are able to provide that level of analysis <laughs> yeah we really we're breaking it down here <laughs> but we get flashbacks um you know as he's thinking back on the first seven years of his career and like we're seeing everything from him in the garage to you know the first show, so we're kind of seeing like what has this deal wrought as far as the success he's had. And I one thing I really liked about this is that you know we get obviously a lot of one shots with Archie comics and usually they're anthologies, but this really gives Cullen Bunn the full twenty twenty two pages to flesh out the story, and I think this story really benefited from that. Oh, yeah, because it allowed us to have some, like, we're familiar with the story. Oh, yeah, I made a deal. He's got to figure it out. But then it gave us the space to, like, 
have a twist at the end, right? Um, where we're, you know, we're spoiling it right now. We're going to do it. <laughs> where there's this commentary on like fandom, right? And like, yeah, celebrity. Where it's fa- basically is he uses his fans to like take out this demon and becomes the like the devil himself, right? Would you say? Yeah. And by devil, I don't know. I don't know if I mean you know top devil, but just right. like little a, devil, a little de- little, <laughs> little devil, little, little devil, <laughs> little bingo, little bingo, little, uh, little devil horns, little devil horns. No, you're totally right. And and like that first, you know, as you're reading, you know, it, it does set up that um, you know, you're thinking, oh, this is this is a sell my soul to the devil for musical talent kind of story. But then the first kind of turn it takes is when it shows his fandom being so rabid that they maul his girlfriend to death. That was such a gruesome scene. Very gruesome. Yeah. And um, and they do it because like it I think they're shouting things like, oh, you know, you you don't deserve it. He canceled a concert. Yes. Right. And so they think that she's like a like a Yoko Ono kind of figure and and they like claw her to death. This mob. Yeah, that, so, that, right, that page was like really gruesome in a way. Yeah, um, and, like showing in a good way, showing I mean, the wounds on her arm and stuff. Yeah, so well done. And that, that's like the first instance where you're like, oh, oh, Colin Bunn is is adding some extra interesting themes in here, like, like, you know, not just showing like the the musician as. Basically, like like showing both both sides of the toxicity of fame, mm-hmm. the the impact of the musician, but then also the impact on the fans. And Is so, this like, what that system of the down song was about toxicity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like you said, like and then and then that that those two themes kind of come to a head at the end when Bun combines them, where it's like, oh, the musician is going to use the power of his toxic fandom to usurp this demon. Sure, yeah. And become his own demon. And um, I, I thought that was really interesting. I thought he's playing with some really interesting ideas. And in the story, you know, Bingo has a, a rival, music rival who's really, you know, having success at the end of Bingo's seven years. Clyde did it. <laughs> which is a great <laughs> name. Who is a character that apparently shows up, uh, of, you know, in Archie's stories like Josie and the Pussycats and other I think Archie's Madhouse is where he made his first appearance. Okay. And has he always been a musician, I'm guessing? Oh, I don't know about that mm. much. You know, you're testing my knowledge here, Brandon. <laughs> but again, I really love at the ending, you know, we got a little more of that commentary where Bingo has usurped the demon, the devil, and he's offering, he's acting as like, oh, I'm starting my new record label and I want to offer you a contract, Clyde. And mm. blood. And blood. Oh my gosh. I mean, anytime you have signed something in blood, you should just know that it's probably not. What? Okay. Do you have an example of something signed in blood that was a good thing? <laughs> I feel one? like I feel like there's some like childhood blood oaths from various Stephen King novels, right? <laughs> yeah, that are probably not good. <laughs> probably not turn out well. Is it the? Uh, are you talking about it? Is I mean, about? I have. That's one of the few I haven't read yet. But uh, <laughs> no, I. Well, like, as a kid, I feel like it's either the blood oath or it's like the spit oath, you know? Ew, you or the your... spit in the blood. In this... Wow. <laughs> no, that's, that's quite the oath. Ah, that's serious. <laughs> you got to spit in the hand and then, you, and then you, do a, you do a shake, right? Yeah, I think there's way too often in um, movies or like, especially like horror movies where they like cut their hand to do like a blood oath or something. They're way too casual about it. You can't just cut your hand. That would hurt. Oh, for... I know, right? You have to constantly pick things up. 
Right. Yeah. And they, they always do it at the at like right like in the, where the crease is, and it's yeah. like that's going to be so painful, sir. Yeah, it's got to heal. Uh, you need to take care of that. They never like, take care of it. It's like getting a paper cut in between your uh, fingers. The worst horror. <laughs> Reminds me of everything everywhere all at once. Remember? Oh yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> so so you, what I'm saying is uh, what I'm hearing is that you would never do a blood oath with the devil. To make Archie and me the, the uh, world's biggest podcast. I don't think I'll do a blood oath about anything. Oh, not even for the podcast? No, not even for oh, the podcast. I, you got to do anything for the pod. We did take other oaths, though. That's true. So we we do get to see that Bingo, uh, Bingo's deal doesn't just affect him. It actually affects like the city he came from, where he's from. Yeah. He visits back and it's kind of like not as, um, it's like a little run down, right? Yeah, he even mentions that, like, for a while the city was benefiting from his fame, but not, not so much anymore, which maybe, which, like you're saying, it kind of implies that the end of the deal maybe is applying to the city as well. And uh, it's getting kind of um, abandoned. Um, what's your, where's Jughead in the story? You know, is he going to come save the day? If there's like extra few, uh, you know, epilogue pages for Jughead. <laughs> there's no Jughead. Jughead. I will say though, we, uh, I'm just glad we got a horror comic where Dilton wasn't shown dying a horrible death. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's somewhere in the background, you know, we just oh, didn't yeah, see he, it. He was also trampled by the mob. We just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. It's off panel. <laughs> I love, uh, Jack Morelli's lettering in this too. I mean, you know, we, we I think maybe we sometimes take Jack Morelli for for granted just because he's and such, Matt Herms, I would say, and Matt Herms coloring just because there's such prolific figures with Archie comics, but it both the coloring and the lettering really stand out in this issue. I love what Morelli does with the lettering for the for the demon slash devil, whatever he is, and they're so adaptable. Like as a t- you know, I mean, yeah. they're you know, I know they don't work on everything together, but as a team, Matt Herms. And Jack Morley, they really do the, they really adapt to the storytelling is what I, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, the tone and what it's going for. Where it's like, you know, I'm sure if you were not as good a letterer as Jack Morley, you could just do similar letters for every single thing. You know, not that you would want to, but I, you know, I'm just right, trying to celebrate what a good job they do at um, just adding that extra layer to the story to really sell it. Yeah, I mean, and just... The continuum with the lettering, you know, we not only is just, you know, Jack Morelli's a great letterer just in general, but also like we talked about with the with the demon, with the devil and his kind of lettering. But also there's there's lots of panels in this issue where we see lyrics to songs mm. written out. And that lettering is really fun and interesting as well. And Matt Herm's coloring is just great. I mean, we got those really deep blacks. We got the bright blood reds. Uh, it's it's just a, it's a showcase for the whole creative team, this issue. I wonder, you know, what will they do next? What's your prediction, Brandon? <laughs> well, we're getting the next horror issue we're getting is the Jinx one, right? But, yeah, uh, is the Jinx one come out before the free? I think comic it comes book out day? after. So, so the free live, the free comic book day is the next one, right? Yep, there you go. The Curse Library. The Curse Library, which I'm really interested in. What you know, what that is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, anybody out there, if you're listening, you've never been to a free comic book day. We highly recommend it. Find your local comic book store. Well, and, it's a great uh, chance, like, if you're someone who, you know, reads digitally and hasn't got a chance to go into your local comic store. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get stuff for free. Yep. And then you can check it out. Usually there's sales. Yeah, it's May 6th this year. So um, check it out and at least pick up the free Archie issue. Yeah, got to do that. And pick up this issue, which is not free, <laughs> but worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. Get both covers. Get both. Get oh, all the covers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we talked about the covers earlier, but... um. 
yeah, they're both fantastic. I mean, we we, we mentioned the Robert Hack one, but the, the main cover as well is really cool. Okay, could we get... I know this isn't the creative team for Harrow County, but could we get like a, you know, outskirts of Riverdale, Harrow County crossover? Oh, that'd be really cool. Because it's got like some sort of Southern horror vibes, like where, you know, Riverdale meets the South. Yes, yes. No, I love it. any any kind of horror ways into the Archie universe. I am all about. Okay, I got it. How about some folk tale? You know, it's like an anthology, right? But it's like folk tales of Riverdale. Ooh. You know, some of the stories have been passed down. Oh, I love that. I was also as you were talking, I was also thinking about the comic House of Penance mm. about the Winchester Mansion by, yes. by Pete Tomasi and Ian Bertram. Something like that, but like the history of like the Lodge Mansion. Oh, yeah, That'd the secret cool. history of the Lodge Mansion. Or even like, you know, well, this is this is us. We want this idea that, you know, <laughs> secret archives of Bob Steiner. That's our idea. We want to do it. Or if, or if Nailbiter was still going on, like have a Nailbiter uh, Archie crossover uh, where they uh, serial killers in Riverdale and they come to... <gasps> investigate didn't didn't nail biter do a crossover with another issue oh they did a few right yeah um, what was it? they did one with hack slash hack slash yeah so there you go it's not outside the realm of possibility <laughs> go mm. go to riverdale nail biter shows up in riverdale <laughs> the riverdale ripper there you go well yeah i mean you know we did kind of get a serial killer with uh jughead the hunger right yes yeah no and, and obviously the riverdale tv show um has a serial killer plot as well I am going to, um, you know, I'm going to become the Buffy guy on the podcast, I'm sure, but I already am. It's me. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely not me. So there's still the other option left. <laughs> but I was just going to say, you know, I love in a town, like in Jughead, the world, Jughead, the hunger, and in Buffy, where the town's just like used to so many people dying. They're just like, ah, it's just how it is around here. Oh, here comes Pop with a check and he's sporting a mohawk. Oh my today. gosh. Pop's gone punk. <laughs> he's gone punk. <laughs> So, Brandon, I was kind of thinking about, do you have any you know, music-related recommendations as far as, like, something people should check out, you know, whether it be comic books or a show or a movie? Yeah, I, I do have one, and it's one that I mentioned in a previous episode, maybe last episode, um, and it is a combination of music, band, story, but also horror, and I think you maybe know where I'm going with this, Green Room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you finally got to bring it up again. And it's finally like relevant this. again. No, it's great. It's one of my favorite movies. It's 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 very suspenseful. It's about a punk band that witnesses a murder and has to try to escape the situation. And do they? Well, I guess you have to see to find yeah, out. Yeah, to find out. But it's it's um it's really good. Uh it's there's some great dialogue and and some great moments that are about music and what it means to make music or like music, but it's also just a really edge of your seat thriller. Patrick Stewart plays the villain, which, you know, you don't usually see him in a villainous role, but it's great. What about you, Josh? Okay. This might be cheating, but I have two. Um, everyone should go out and check out Chip Zdarsky's issue of the silver coin with Michael Walsh. It's an anthology series, horror series, but he does like a rock and roll mm. issue. So if you like this, I think that'd be a really good fit. But then on the other end of the spectrum, I would say uh, everyone should check out the webcomic. And, you know, you can get it physically too. Heartstopper, 
which also has a TV show. So you can, if you love it, you can check it out in many mediums. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, but but I, I was just going to say that it's like not specifically music, but there's music throughout and there's, you know, people do play music, but I think music plays a really important part of the story. And if you just like cutesy stories and you just want to warm your heart, <laughs> your heart will stop. It will go. You'll cry. <laughs> you want a hug. It's great. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you've talked about Heart Supper a lot. You're a huge fan. Yep. I'm finally revealing it <laughs> publicly on this podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check us out on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And we've been getting some recommendations lately, and I really love it because I want to learn about new things. Yeah, we're always looking for new stuff to read on the podcast, for the podcast. It's stuff that we maybe weren't familiar with, so we love it. Yeah, we got some exciting episodes coming up for you. Maybe some interviews we can't talk about yet. Ooh. (gasps) So stick around, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you all soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie, I'd rather.